0: And this is our number... for the Fastest 15 Minutes of the News. This is Dory's Fastest 15. Igor in Budapest, Hungary just texted in and said, Dory, that was one of the most beautiful and haunting hour number two echoes I have heard in years. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Igor. Appreciate you know, hearing from our uh, Hungarian listener, big Hungarian listener base for the big show. So appreciate that. All right, uh, welcome to Fast 15, a world of news in a tidy little 15-minute package just for you. and uh, So, Nicole, as a compromise, are we going to just play a little bit of this thing at 2.30? Is that what we're doing?
1: Yeah, I made a special version.
0: Special version.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it gets all the good good stuff from your story, maybe gets through some of the other stuff. It was all
0: good. <laughs> I crafted it very carefully.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Nope, I It's all good. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, whatever. All right. uh, Been the fast 15 here. Jay Leno has done his first interview since uh, being badly injured in a fire. He was working on one of his cars when gasoline splashed up on him, and he had severe burns to his face, his hands, his arms. There have been pictures of him since then, and you can see that his face is impacted. By the Burns, and uh, he in the first pictures, his hands and arms, they were in real rough shape, too. But Jay Leno, very different from David Letterman. They, they were rivals, they were friends when they were early, both coming up as young comedians. Leno was one of Letterman's favorite guests when Letterman had his 1230 show. Then they competed to get the Tonight Show and became... Bitter enemies, rivals, they were head-to-head with each other. And once Letterman quit, he has pretty much disappeared. He still has a Netflix show that's awful, by the way. But he still has a Netflix show, but Letterman, for the most part, has disappeared from the limelight. Just like his idol, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, once he quit The Tonight Show, he never Made another public experience. Well, one exception. He went on Letterman's show one time, but he wouldn't say anything. He just came out, he set up a cardboard phony desk, and then he just shook his head and walked off the stage. Didn't say anything. So that's the way Letterman wants to be. Leno's very different. Leno is still doing stand-up. He's... Doing stand-up in Vegas, he goes to tribal casinos, he's got his car show on, I don't know what network that is, CNBC, or one of them, Jay Leno Garage. But he still loves the limelight. But yes, Jay Leno, for the first time, has talked in an interview about this fire that so badly disfigured him and he said it got him a call from the president
1: i love the story about how when your doctor was first meeting you you were in the middle of listening to a voicemail and it was like hey this is joe from indonesia and then your doctor was like and then i put together who who it was oh oh yeah yeah that was the president biden call that was very nice that was yeah yeah, that,
0: yeah I, 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 I said you try to have more important things to do but i thank you mr president i i appreciate it <laughs> and he told the today show what happened it was a 1907 uh, white steam car so the fuel line was clogged so i was underneath it trying to clog and i said uh, blow some air through the line let's see if and then a line and then and suddenly boom i got a face full of gas and then the pilot light jumped and my face caught on fire and i said to my friend i said dave i'm on fire and they like i said no dave i'm on fire and his buddy, Dave, was there and had to put the fire out on his face. I couldn't even see his face. He downplays it all, but I'm telling you, he was really engulfed. I
1: couldn't see his face. It was on fire? This, it was a wall of fire. What was the first thing you did when you saw him engulfed in flames? I just grabbed him. He, he was just under
0: the car. I grabbed him by the head, and I pulled his head into my chest. I thought it was a bad Tinder date. I go, what's going on here?
1: <laughs> what are you doing? Let Dave I'm talk done. about how oh, we saved you. Okay, so you you kind of brought him into your chest. I did. It yeah. started
0: to smother the fire. And yeah. Then I put the car out. Right. Yeah. And I told Jay, go into the bathroom, you know, put cold water on your cold face. So yeah. I put the car out, put uh-huh. the fire out, went into the bathroom to look at Jay. What did you think? Oh, it was... Like I say, he downplays that, but it was, it was horrific. It was a scary thing. It doesn't take a genius to figure out, call 911. Right yeah. Now, and that's what I did. But he wanted, Leno wanted uh, somebody else with him before he would go to the hospital. I drove, my, I, I drove home right after that.
1: Wait, you, you drove yourself home? Why did you decide to go home and stay home for that night?
0: Well, because my wife doesn't drive anymore. And I didn't want her stuck and not knowing what was
1: going on. It, 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 it just seemed like the right thing to do, and it, and I think it was. So. so you loved your wife more than you worried about yourself.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, that was that, looked,
0: that it? Looked. Man, oh man, do you remember Nicole? Uh, oh gosh, it had to be three, four, five years ago. There was a guy down on I think it was on Leary Avenue in Ballard, and somebody went up to him, and I don't remember if he threw gasoline on him or or what the flammable liquid was but then he set the guy on fire do you remember we got that victim on the show
1: yeah i do remember a little bit about oh that. my mm-hmm.
0: goodness because it was just so horrifying it is. because he was fully engulfed and he had burns on i, I want to say 80 percent of his body which is hard to survive even but uh i just i remember asking him you know i hope to goodness none of us listening will ever experience what that's like but can you describe it and when he started describing being fully immolated like that it was just it was horrifying a thought of a way to go imaginable and you know you think about think about those people on 911 i don't want to get too gory yeah. here or gruesome but you think about those people on 911 who chose to jump out a window on the 104th floor of the World Trade Center because the alternative of the heat and the flames that were bearing in on them was even more horrible. And so you you jump out uh, a window to certain death. It's, ah, that that just sounds like an absolutely horrific thing to go through and way to to go.
1: I think his friend is... uh you know a good friend and also thinks well under pressure like that because i mean he took his head and pulled it into his body i mean you, at some point you're i mean you would think you'd find something to smother it with i get that but into his own body you don't know if it's going to catch your clothes on fire I right like cuz so, i think
0: i think my wow. first reaction i hope i'm never in that situation i think my first reaction would be to whip off my shirt and put my shirt over my friend's right. burning face but i but yeah i think that I would think a little bit about self preservation and not want to pull this ball of flame into my chest, but yeah, he sounds like a good buddy too.
1: Yeah. So. And then, ha- and then not wanting his wife to worry, so going home, picking her up, and you know, trying to man his way through the burn pain. Good grief!
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll glad him. he's on the way, and he's already back doing stand up, already performing again. All right. Up next in the fastest fifteen. Uh, We talked about this in a different dictionary yesterday, but Dictionary.com has announced that the word of the year for 2022 is woman. And that's because, of course, the radical left is trying desperately to change the definition of woman, so much so that they want to deny that women even exist. And now the the Oxford uh, – what was the dictionary we had yesterday? I don't remember which one. But they said uh, a woman is someone, maybe born male at birth, who now identifies as a woman. Uh, and they said – and they identify. They can't even use she in the dictionary definition. And uh, in this new dictionary.com that just came out today, uh, they have decided that defying reality – is the way to go. If you want to get the cool kids on your side, you have to just defy reality. So they have said that woman is their word of the year. It's interesting when they all wanted to hail our first woman, black Supreme Court Justice. And then when she gets asked, how do you define woman? Everybody's talking about you being the first woman. Uh, I'm not a biologist. So, I guess we'll have to go to the dictionary now to get the definition of woman. But we're seeing, you know, the party of science is the party that is absolutely defying science at every single turn so that they can just completely redefine human life. And, man, you got to be strong. You control language, you control minds. And I don't want my mind controlled by them. Up next. In the fastest 15, I'm fascinated by this topic. More young adults than ever are back home living with their parents. Uh, They say that it's fueling a luxury boom. I'll get back to that in a minute because I think that's annoying. But uh, this is from Bloomberg. They say a record number of young adults are now living with their parents. And this is... Really a surprising percentage. 50% of all young adults ages 18 to 29 are living with their parents right now. That is the highest level since right after the Great Depression in 1940. We were on the brink of World War II. We were coming out of the Great Depression. And that was the last time we had so many young adults living with their parents. And I would love to hear if you are in that demo, 18 to 29. And you are back living with your parents. I would love to hear how that's going for you. T- text us at triple eight seven three Cairo 973 You you have friends in that demo. Uh, my daughters, uh, all of their friends, or almost all of their friends, are in that demo. Nicole, are are you still seeing this a lot among the younger people you know?
1: Um. I Yeah, I guess so. But I think that there's two types of of kids in this position or young adults in this position, and some of them are using it productively, and those are parents that are, you know, okay, you can live here if you're doing this, this, and this to get to this place, right? But then there's also the kind that are not using it they're just you know using it as an excuse to be lazy right and so i'm curious to hear from people as well which group you fall in because i know a few of each some that are you know you're going to school now like i get it you're going to college and stuff and i most people you know that goes into debt and so instead you just live at home but then you're missing out on this like social experience experience that um i think is beneficial to learning life skills, right? So, I think there's pros and cons for yeah. it and there's different groups that you can fall into and now there's so much online online school especially since covid. I know quite a few that graduated during the covid time frame and are living at home just doing online school being kind of lazy. And then Here, I know a few my that are working. View on
0: this. So, our we, we converted our basement, our rec room into a mother in law apartment, put in a, you know, nice kitchen. And it's a, uh, it, you know, it's a full mother in law apartment. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, during COVID, my daughter and son in law, they both got, uh, furloughed temporarily. It turned out to be very temporary, but they were both furloughed and they came, lived in the, uh, in the apartment we have, which I love. I, I just love, Uh, being around our kids but the deal that we had was okay you got to pay us rent you're not going to live for free you're still going to have to pay us rent and you know it's like you know a smaller much smaller amount than what it would be worth Uh, and you have to take any money you have and put it into investments for the long term because I've always tried to encourage that in in our kids, and then my wife and I, we took the the rent money, and we put it aside, and and then when our, our our kids went to buy a house, we were able to help them out by giving them back the money they had paid us in rent, and and so I think as high as real estate prices are around here, it's almost impossible for you know twenty and thirty somethings to find a house. When you know the meat is still very, very expensive housing around here, and so uh, that worked out great because we were able to help add to their down payment. Here's what's annoying about this Bloomberg story they said, as a result of this trend, that the luxury sales market in the United States is at an all time record high. Um, Cartier, Tiffany, uh, Bulgari watches that more young people are living home to save money as rental costs increase, but they are using that savings and they are buying more high-end products than ever before. According to Morgan Stanley, they said that China used to be the biggest market ever for high-end watchmakers, but the United States has now overcome China, for really super ultra expensive watches and it's mostly young people who aren't paying rent because they're living with their parents and that i just think i think it's very misguided for parents to allow that Uh, if your kids are there have them pay you rent even if you don't need it and then put the money aside and help them buy a house with it. But if they're not paying you rent and they're buying four thousand dollar watches, you are not doing your kids any favors with that. So that that's the disturbing part of this trend in this Bloomberg story. All right, and that is your fastest fifteen. This has been the fastest fifteen minutes in the news.
1: Fast, 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 fast stories
0: fastest fifteen. You give us fifteen minutes, we'll give you the world We'll check the news for you, and then Brock Heward is going to drop by for his weekly visit. Let's see what direction that goes. What's coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show.
2: Here's Dory Monson with Brock Heward, brought to you by IRG
0: Physical and Hand Therapy. All right, it's Wednesday afternoon, and that's when our friend Brock Heward drops by for his weekly visit uh, in the wake of controversy.
2: Good afternoon, sir. Well, it was a unique one this morning, yes. It was a uh, one of those awkward moments in radio. You've had them in your career. I don't think we've had a lot of them. I guess Jamora ripping me. I don't know if you remember that years well, that ago. Fun. but that was Yeah, that wasn't live radio. That was a live press conference where he just totally... You know, uh, verbally assaulted me, but I wasn't there. Uh, This was see stuff like that. I find to be fun. I know you like you enjoy it. You get you get (laughs) chuckles out of it. I'm not the biggest confrontation guy, but as you know, every Wednesday we have KJ Wright, former Seahawks star linebacker, on our morning show, and he has been. So gracious, so transparent. He's he's really good at radio. he's a good man, and I don't and I don't just say that. Like I don't throw around compliments. A lot right, of people right. do, oh, that was the greatest interview. Oh, that's a great guy. Oh, wah, wah, wah. I don't really do that. But KJ is very talented. KJ knows and, and and knows that I think he's good, but he's humble about it. He's gracious, and so anywho, this is the third time that he has brought on a former teammate during our hour together. Uh Brandon Meebane came on. Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP. And today, Richard Sherman came on the show. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you know, Richard, who's opinionated, loud, uh, had a little beef with my co-host, Salk, so much so that he unfollowed him on Twitter. And and so we were a little surprised that he would come on the show. And yeah, about seven, eight minutes in, Richard decided that, uh, well, he was not going to talk to Salk. So it was just a wee bit awkward okay here's what that sounded like well well first off first off i remember when i exited here and and i remember some some words from you yeah. um that were that were a lot different
1: than than i had heard when i was here so you know what i mean it's, it's a little different i'm gonna ask, answer the questions from brock and kj but, but we're gonna excuse you out of this
0: <laughs> well I mean, so, first of well, all that's just not true i mean like the words you heard from me were actually pretty similar to what
2: you had heard while you were here. You just maybe didn't hear him Yeah, because I don't listen to the show. But yeah, know, that's fine. I'm not asking you to listen. But the words didn't change. I didn't say anything different when you left from when you were your here. Excused
0: from the energy. All right. Well, sorry. For, 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 that really worked that way, Sherman. This but, is you know, a show that has my
2: name on said, it. It kind
1: of does. It kind of does, though.
2: Okay. All right. I understand <laughs> how Richard Sherman feels. Well, you think it's funny. Yeah, you think it's funny. <laughs> You think it's the yes, same kind I of do. funny, right? Because the same kind of in, funny as are... Jim Jim Mora calling me a clown that know, doesn't know anything about football?
0: Yeah, I enjoy stuff <laughs> like that because I've had uh, politicians who've gone off on me in uh-huh. public, in very public ways, and have called me out in public. And I don't care about other people's opinions. And so I, I like the fact... That that whatever I've carved out here, whatever you guys have carved out there, whatever we carve out is important enough to people to have a strong reaction to it. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Now, I don't think we should intentionally antagonize, but I think that eliciting strong reactions from people,
2: that's a good thing. Yeah, and and you've got to let people in 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 this business have their opinion. And and for Richard, he's got beef with a lot of people. And that that's I mean, it started day one with Richard. I mean, that that's how he went about it. He was personal. Remember with Tom Brady, you mad, bro? Like in his face with Skip Bayless saying, "I I'm I'm a better human than you. Uh, You're a cretin. I'm better (laughs) than you." Darrell Revis, you know, the the top corner in the game at that time, like what you know told him it's like i'm better than you i'm better at life than you i'm better cornered. i mean that was the way you know richard has gone about it making it very personal um, was and, it richard sherman who uh told jim moore he was gonna have his credential yeah. taken away uh yeah yeah that was that was that okay. guy. well it was but in richard's mind he never said it like he thought it was fake news like, well, did he ever hear the tape of it when he went on national you know, television and, and literally said that on national right. television? Well, wow. I mean, is there a really tape of me saying it or are people just, you know, saying it? No, Richard, there's audio of it, and we have it. And we have audio of you saying that to Jim Moore that I'm going to get you fired and I'm going to get your credential pulled and I'm going to ruin your life. Yeah, I mean, that's that is uh, that is Richard. And so, yeah, he decided today to, to play a similar card. Well, and look, if it's not contrived, then I think it's just
0: interesting because ultimately radio is the most authentic of mediums. (laughs) Uh, You know, I saw a clip a day or two ago of... I don't even know what network they're on because I never watch it. But it's that Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they're just screaming at each other. And it seems so contrived. And to me, that is the least (laughs) interesting uh, broadcasting imaginable. If people right. are just doing it for the sake of you know some cheap community theater effect yep. but but if you 're truly passionate about something and uh, and I am about the things that I talk about and if somebody has a strong reaction, uh, you know dreaming's wonderful, but if they have a strong disagreement. Well, that's wonderful, too, because I, I think that that also leads to fascinating conversations. So, yep. uh, so as long as it's sincere. And one of the beefs, I don't think you do this. One of the beefs that I have in talk radio in general, and I think it happens a lot in sports radio, is the fake laughter in every Ooh. show. And and there are even, you know, morning show boot camps where they teach you to have your board up or to have somebody who's the constant (laughs) hyena (laughs) laughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) man! It's awful. It's unlistenable stuff. So to me... I'd rather hear sincere
2: anger in somebody than contrived laughter in someone. How about confrontation? How about we broaden this beyond your show and my show? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to happen, Dory. Some of your listeners right now over the next two weeks as they get together for Christmas Uh and New Year's and they get around family, inevitably grandpa's going to say something inappropriate. Maybe an uncle's going to say something really stupid. Maybe a family member is going to, you know, create a situation at the dinner table, like, oh, I really wish we wouldn't go there, and just have that same awkward, like, oh, confrontation. You good at those moments? I don't have those moments because I completely
0: compartmentalize this part of my life—the radio, the broadcaster, the opinion guy. When I'm sitting down with my family, yes. I don't talk about any of the issues that I talk about on the radio, because you'd burn out if you do that, especially if you brought the same sort of emotion and intensity and sincerity to every one of those topics. So I would much rather talk to my family members about what's going on in their life and, mm-hmm. and hope that they would respect the same way, because I'm just not a very confrontational person off the air. Now, I think you like having, and you're a good facilitator, Mm-hmm. Whether it's with family or friends or a group of strangers, you like coming up with provocative questions. You're really
2: good at this. Whoa, 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 provocative or just deep? Uh, both. I, no, I think- provoca- provocative means there's an agenda. I don't like provocative. I try. Uh, I try not to have an agenda. But I, I definitely I think of like provocative
0: deeper. as as not just provoking anger. I think of it is provoking thought, provoking insight. Okay, all right. I, I, all right. I really don't say that word with any anything attached to it. Okay, all right. That's fair. Okay. Wait, yeah. wait. Are we having a sincere argument now, yeah, we or are we right making now. that up? <laughs> we are right well, what, now. <laughs> I'm lost in our own reality. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Back, it! back it up. Back it up. All right. Sorry. But you you like doing that. You like. I do. Making people to think about things that they otherwise might be uncomfortable
2: talking about. I hate surface. I, I, I have tremendous disdain for just surfacey, surfacey, surfacey. Everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's. No, it's not. No, if we're living life and we're living a relationship with people and we're digging into life together, there's messy stuff. And now that doesn't mean like politics or, you know, kind of what you were mentioning earlier. Am I going to sit there and try to stir stuff up? But as a left-handed, sensitive, overly sensitive, mm-hmm. um, middle child, I think that that is something that just comes in my upbringing. That you know, you just come in the middle of everything, and I do like, yes, I do like to provoke deeper thought and yes. deeper conversation. There's no question.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I even I I use you and I had talked off air a couple of days before Thanksgiving, and I used your idea for our Thanksgiving prayer. Uh, which was wonderful, and because I I do think you're very good at that. And it was instead of saying what you're thankful for, uh, we picked two people at the table who are three to your left and six to your left, and you're going to tell us what you are thankful about them. And that was your idea. It worked fantastic. Mm. So I'm always looking for ways to facilitate better as a as a father and as leader of a family but i don't want to i don't want the rest of my life to be the same as the three hours from noon to three every day because i'd go insane and then one other quick thing on that yeah because okay whether it's jim mora with you or you know when you were getting criticized when you started your broadcasting career there was one national website that loved taking shots at you Mm -hmm. uh because i don't care in the slightest about critiques or criticism, because I am so comfortable with who I am and how I live my life that any critic tells me everything about them and nothing about me. But you have to evolve to have that. that, There are some people who never do. There are a lot of people in our business who are super thin-skinned, even after long runs in the biz.
2: I know very early on, it it bothered you a little bit when people would take shots at you. Oh, sure, sure but now to your point you have to you have to learn to to live and endure that and you know we've made a whole segment of it called mean tweets that i genuinely now kind of enjoy hearing some of that and the more creative the better right so and you just realize that if you're doing this job and you're a commentator on television or you have a, a morning radio show you are going to have critics you're going to have Folks that just don't care for you, don't like you, don't like your style, don't like your faith, don't like your politics, don't like any of it. And I think just kind of getting to a level ground where, A, you have, as you said, such a a belief and a conviction yourself, and then, B, you're not going to overwhelm or change them. So you better learn to live with them. And you better yeah. learn to, you know, handle them and be able to react to them. And, and even that moment today, you know, with, with Richard this morning, to be able to you know, kind of stand up and say, hey, you know, you, you can do what you want to do, but I'm going to protect my partner here. And just like you protected your brotherhood as players, and, and that's the way you went about it, and, you know, to, to live through those experiences and to grow and to keep growing through those experiences too. Look, you don't like surface conversations. No. I Look don't. how deep we dove just now. Yep.
0: There you go. All right, Brock. We you are, you can Hear him every morning on seven ten Seattle Sport, and uh, man, I'm not going to be here
2: next week. So, merry merry Christmas to you and your family. Let's yeah, be in touch. You, you as well. Let's be in touch off the air a little bit more. You know, let's do let's do that a little more. I know we're not to resolutions time, but we got to do a better job of that. You guys, we ha- we haven't we haven't done that well enough. I'm only a phone call away. Okay, that
0: okay. Sounds great. Thanks. All right,
2: Mark. all right. God bless you and your
0: family this Christmas <laughs> season, Brock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's rolls on rolls, on, rolls on, rolls
0: All right, there's Brock Huard, lots more to come with the Dory Monson show. Rolls on, rolls on, rolls on. on. This was interesting to me. So, last week and early this week, we were talking about this unfathomable trade that the Biden administration made with the Russians. Gave up international arms dealer responsible for the deaths of untold numbers of people across the country, including many tribal children in Africa, where he was arming uh, warring factions with uh, guns and weaponry to kill their enemies. Uh, The merchant of death, Victor Boot, who'd been in custody. And we have a Marine, Paul Whelan, who's Unjustly sitting in a Russian prison uh, with a phony espionage charge on him. But they didn't make that trade. They traded for Brittany Griner. And why? Because Congress was about to pass the Defense of Marriage Act, which is a piece of legislation that protects something that has been protected for a long time in America. It was a completely uh, all for show. But it was they wanted to have Brittany Griner and her wife speaking in America as they unveiled this Defense of Marriage Act. So they made a trade and sent one of the world's most dangerous terrorists and arms dealers back to the Russians so he can arm the Russians to go kill Ukrainians while we give Ukraine $91 billion saying that they have to fight off Russia, but then we provide Russia with an arms dealer it's, it's, it's insane. But as I was talking about this was saying what a bad trade it was, I started getting all these text messages, and, and I must have gotten 10 or 15 of them, saying, yeah, but, Dory, you don't mention that Victor Boot only had seven more years in prison, and then he was going to get out in seven years anyway. And I was thinking, why... Why would that matter? That's seven more years that the world would be protected from this guy. But I was, I was really wondering, why is everybody saying the exact same thing? And then I heard John Kirby, uh, you know Defense Department spokesman, trying to de- defend this. And I'll be darned if he didn't say the exact same thing. It's a couple of points. Uh, Mr. Boot wasn't uh, serving a life sentence, Shannon. He was going to get out in 2029. So at some point uh, in the not too distant future, he would have been a free man. It is six years earlier. Nobody over at the White House is doing backflips of joy that he is uh, walking the streets. But this was the deal we could get. Now was the moment we could get it. We're obviously going to look after our national security. uh, How does that happen? The, the, the administration says, okay, but we're going to say, but he would have been out in seven years anyway. And then everybody who's ideologically with them just repeats it, just parrots it. Because it's a stupid, that's one of the stupidest arguments I've heard. So for seven more years, the planet would have been protected from an evil terrorist supplying arms dealer. And since the administration said, okay, this is what we're going to say about it, then I start getting texts from all these people saying the exact same thing. Everybody's just working off the same talking point. But freedom of thought and independent thought, it's it's not just frowned upon, it's being criminalized in some cases. You're not allowed to think for yourself. But don't just repeat what other people say. Form your own thought, please. It's much more interesting that way okay uh, we're going to check the news for you here at the top of the hour jay Inslee, he hosted an equity summit wait until you hear the things that they say are attached only to white people this is this insulting and racist to people of color is anything i've ever heard and i'll play some audio next here on the dory monson show